Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another exciting episode of the Open Mic Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Mike B, and for the next hour and some change, we're going to be entertaining you with a whole bunch of what not, what have you, and shinduckery. As always, um, thank you again for supporting. We're in our third season, so I want y'all to strap up, buckle up, and enjoy. Um, I got my arms out because I've been working out and my arms look good. I came front. I'm not much of a bragger. Maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so I look in the mirror, got a little tricep meat. I gotta work on my I gotta work on my gut, on my trunk as they call it. They call it the trunk. Um my trainer said if I just change my diet up, all I gotta do is change my diet. There's some muscle in there. I got a lot of muscle. But under that muscle is a whole heap of fat, right? <laughs> so I gotta get that I gotta get that muscle I gotta get that fat off that muscle or do or do the you know do that thing where you, you know, where you, you know, get rid of the thing that you're not supposed to have, you know, that thing. So um, I got to work a little harder, but, you know, hard work pays off. That's what they say. So I'm just going to keep striving with that. Anyway, no need for me to hold y'all up. Y'all, <laughs> let's go. The same my name. My name is Deja Brown. And you're, and you're listening to the Open Mic, the open mic. Podcast. Podcast. Pop, 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 Welcome everybody to another exciting episode of the Open Mic Radio Podcast, 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 Yeah. What's going on everybody? Welcome to another exciting episode of season three. We're in season three of the Open Mic Radio Podcast. It's going to be all doozy. I got my man Stephen Campbell on the joint. On the ones and twos, I got my man Stephen Campbell. Shout out to Engine Design for designing my T-shirts. If you want a T-shirt, inbox your boy. Email me at openmyradiopodcast at gmail.com. Give me your feedback. Your feedback. I got T-shirts, y'all. They say promote might be from the album that I recorded. That's currently still on the on the iTunes, on the Spotify, 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 Spotify. Spotify. Speaking of Spotify, for all you Spotify listeners out there, you can listen to my podcast not only on Podbean, but also on Spotify. On Apple iTunes. I got t-shirts. That's it. I got t-shirts. Shout out to Engine Design for all your t-shirt needs. Shout out to my homegirl, Adala Badi. Got Adala Badi. I'm looking at her mug right now. And it's a picture on the mug. She got the cakes out. Cakes out, cakes out, cakes out, cakes out. Get you some coffee and cakes. Ew. I got a dollop of D t-shirt. It's green. A dollop. I'm reading James Baldwin and they said that he used he had a dollop of that brown in his cup. That's a dollop of D. I got t-shirts, y'all. Shout out to Quarantine Brackets. My girl Kareem Taylor or Green is in the building. Not in this building, but like she will be soon. Um, also, open by Red, the Broken Mike Comedy team. Me at the Brandon Moore. Charity Sade. Sade. Mayor Man Gaston. Podcast will be live on Facebook. Streaming live on Facebook and on YouTube coming soon to kind of kind of piece the puzzle of all of these episodes that there are, that have no current events shout out to um chat with boseman rp such a such a sudden loss but we celebrate we celebrate because we're going to vote november 3rd y'all y'all better go out there and vote don't y'all listen to ice cube y'all better get your asses out there and vote y'all get your asses out there and y'all vote and <laughs> 
But hey, we're going to take a break. We're going to be right back. I'm going to have my man Greg Stevens coming through. What's happening, everybody? It's your boy Greg Stevens, a.k.a. Black Mayonnaise. You're listening to the Open Mic Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, y'all. Soundboard, please. Soundboard. Sound effects. Sound effect. I don't have any sound effects, y'all. I'm, I'm doing this thing where I condensed everything. I condensed all of my items into one onto one phone. So I don't I don't have what I'm looking for. I don't have I don't I don't have uh, <laughs> sound effects. Um, this is weird because I want to I want to make sound effects. I want I need my um, I need my sound effects. So I'm, I'm downloading one right now. I got my man Stephen Campbell. He's about to I'm about to call him in a few minutes. And uh, while I download this, because I feel like I need to have sound effects. I I can't do this show without sound effects. I could, but I think y'all kind of gotten use of my sound effects. You know, I just, I don't want to go into season three, not giving y'all what y'all, you know, what y'all want. So what I don't even know what that is. Hold on. That's supposed to be, wait a minute. This is weird. Okay. What the hell? All right. Anyway, so let's do this thing. We'll be right back. I'm going to have my man Stephen Campbell on, on the Open Mic Radio podcast. I don't, I don't know my soundboard, y'all. Welcome back to the Open Mic Radio podcast. I'm your host, Mike B., and um, this next guy I'm about to bring on, my guest for this evening, for the interview, as Rachel Maddow would say, for the interview, is my homie right now. He started off in D.C. I met this man a long time ago back in D.C. He's now in New York doing his thing. I want y'all to start clapping right now for my good friend in comedy, my homie, Mr. Stephen Campbell, everybody. Hey. Are there are there people clapping? I'll fucking clap. I, it's like a Pavlov dog <laughs> situation. Like you just say people are clapping, and I. It was like one of the things. Like right off the bat, in a uh, quarantine, I, I heard a group of people clapping, and and like I I wanted to cry. It just was. <laughs> I, I it, it has all sorts of emotional effects on me. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, shoot, man. Um. You know, you know what's funny? Um, having you on the pod is, is like for years, for like the last. Oh no, I actually have a soundboard. I was, I, I hit the button uh, <laughs> on my phone and it clapped. Oh, we got some claps! Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah, okay, I got, I got, cool. I, yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely, I absolutely got to make sure the clap game is strong. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> this can't be, can't be out here just you know just raw dog and the claps. You gotta, yeah, yeah. You can't <laughs> cock tease my clap. <laughs> uh, but real quick, man, uh, it's funny. Because for years we've been trying to do something like even if it was like beating up and having a drink, <laughs> and like I, I think I, I think and it's really me. It's not you. It's me. And I and I could put myself out there. I end up flaking for some reason, like being a father or some shit. I don't know for whatever reason. Yeah, I end up, you gotta get rid of this father shit. <laughs> and be able to go have beers with people. Yeah, I'd be like, yo, you be like, man, hey man, I'm in town. You trying to get a drink? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh shoot, I gotta, I gotta watch my child. I'm sorry, I can't make it. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's okay. At least you have kids to have that excuse. Most people just flake without children. <laughs> but uh one of the things i like uh one of the, when, when i first met steven uh, uh just a little backstory when i met steven um he was doing some mics whatever but then i what, I, what caught my attention was he was um at the dc improv and um doing the open mic and at the open mic you normally have like a certain amount of time and a lot of comics always like worry about that amount of time they have to do because it's like a short amount of time, but so you're trying to, you, but at the same time, we all know at the DC Improv, you're trying to, you're trying to impress. So <laughs> you try to, you try to do, you try to do as much as you can in that little bit of time. But, but you've never worried about that. Like you have this one go-to story that's like a banger every time I hear it. And um, <laughs> every time I hear it, and like it, 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 it's such a banger. Like you never go overtime, you don't go under time. It's like when the light comes on, you're like, all right, well that was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've got like a couple stories that like 
that I still I, I tell on stage a little bit now, but like I I used to have stories that were like almost exactly five minutes. Yeah. Because because everybody'd always talk shit. There's just like you can't be a storyteller when you're doing all these open mics like or like, you know, the five minute slots anyway. Yeah. And I was like, nah, I'm gonna just make my stories exactly five minutes. Um and then just <laughs> work backwards from there but um i actually just told that story i hadn't told that uh are you talking about like the seizure sex one like the one where yeah. i had sex with a girl shit yeah um <laughs> i just told that story on on a zoom call for like it was like the first time in a couple of years i think mm-hmm. or like or it could have been at the beginning of covid i don't know Doug. the covid thing i feel like it's been i feel like it's been a decade but i keep getting reminded that that you know it, it was only a couple months ago that I didn't pay my taxes, and that that itself <laughs> feels like it was years ago. You know, I should pay my taxes. I probably shouldn't admit publicly that I didn't pay my taxes either. Um, <laughs> so I mean, so hey, man. we can edit that out in post. Um, Just say I didn't pay. I don't know. Nah, fuck <laughs> it. Hey man, your president don't pay taxes either. So I mean, I don't. I mean, yeah, <laughs> <it's> fucking. <laughs> I was just like, he's like, you're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be filing for unemployment and paying taxes from last year. I've just, <laughs> I'll just deal with it when I gotta deal with it. So how how you been? Um, how how are you doing up in um in New York in the pandemic? Because you was like, you was in New York and like that was the epic center at one time. Yeah. So things were like starting to really pick up. Um, you know, I. I, I I was very lucky that I was kind of doing a good having a good show in front of the right people and things were starting to gain some traction in New York. You know, I had just had my Just for Laughs auditions in New York and I was starting to get some tours going. We had like I started a company in January uh for event production, fundraising and just putting on my own tours. Mm-hmm. And like we had fucking like $30,000 worth of business in April and May. Like I had just dropped everything I was doing. I was like, let's fucking go all the way in. And then COVID happened. And so, um, I lost everything. Um, like literally I, I lost everything. I had to stop paying rent. I had to like call my landlord and just be like, yo, um, everything, everything's gone. <laughs> so, and like it took, it, it seems like it was quick now, but like at the time, I think it took like two months for unemployment to kick in. Mm-hmm. So like, um, you know, I was buying sandwiches with change <laughs> and like, but like shit was crazy too, because like the cops were, go- the cops were stretched in because COVID's happening here. If you go on the roof, literally 24 seven sirens. So like I couldn't take phone calls up upstairs. Like I started, I, I tried to like, I pivoted with the company and started doing like these zoom comedy shows mm-hmm. and like I was, I, you know, I'm at a point now, shout out whoever needs a corporate comedy show. We're doing corporate zoom comedy shows, but um, I couldn't take calls on the roof because it was sirens. Always there was somebody shot in front of my apartment at, in like the alley, like next to my apartment, somebody was shot at my Walgreens, Jesus. Uh, you know, crackhead crackheads were everywhere because like, you know, they were begging on the trains and now the trains are empty. So they got to get a little more aggressive in the streets. So people are getting robbed and all this shit. So like outside of quarantine for COVID, you are, you also like didn't want to go out at dark because like just the streets were wild. Right. So yeah, the streets was watching. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so like, I live in like bed and, uh, anybody that listens to hip hop knows bed Do it. Um, yeah, of course. And uh, but, but my neighbors like lived here for like 35 years and he was just like, yeah, this is this is uh, it's it's as bad as it ever was <laughs> right now. So um, it was wild. I, but then I left two days before the protests um, and I like I had a flight scheduled out to San Diego for a wedding that obviously didn't happen. But shit was just wild like because. You know, my apartment's probably, it's three bedroom, probably 800 square feet, 700 square feet, maybe. And so <clears throat> you only have access to your bedroom and like this small little corner of the living room mm-hmm. and uh, that with the sirens, with everybody dying and all the shit. And so I was just like, all right, word, I'm, I'm going to fly to 
California, still get on this on this plane. And my friend has his Airbnb property, and I and I stayed there. But then I got to San Diego, and the shit was even higher stress because they don't give a fuck about COVID. So there was just like, <laughs> yo, like huge parties happening because it's like the area I was staying with, like all service industry live there. They're getting $600 a week plus unemployment and they don't have shit to do. Right. So people are just going fucking crazy. Like I got called a pussy for wearing a mask. It was just like, they didn't give a fuck. Like bottomless mimosas, white bitches drinking champagne. It was, it was like their version of the apocalypse was way funner. Like they were just like, they were like, they're like, all right, word, if it's going to end, then we're going to take the $600 and we're going to put it right up our noses. And so it was... Uh, there, was there was cocaine? There was cocaine in, in Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was cocaine. <laughs> there was just... It was... Yeah. I mean, like, people didn't give a fuck. So that ended up being more stressful in uh, Brooklyn. But then, so, like, all through this, I was trying to get a company off the ground. You know, I was working on this show with Frankie. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out Frankie French, uh, French Roast, this mm-hmm. show that we're working on, trying to get it picked up at NBC. Mm-hmm. Um, but doing all this shit while I have no money and I, uh, I was getting stressed the fuck out. So I had, um, I ended up going to the hospital because, uh, cause like my, so my heart was like, my chest was hurting. Right. And so I called um the covid hotline right which hotline super insensitive name for a phone <laughs> number for people with fevers right it's like we're all hot dog no. and so i called the covid lady and i was like yo covid lady uh these are my symptoms like am i good she's like you can breathe easily because you don't have covid but maybe your rib is going to puncture your lung and I was like, okay, well, that's not a breathe easily thing. You don't preface that with breathe easily. Yeah. And so um, I, 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 it was like six days that my chest was hurting. And so I finally go in the hospital and they're just like, yeah, well, you're just stressed the fuck out. And I guess there's a sack around your heart. I don't know what it's called, but I, I stressed the sack out of my heart. Um, and so, yeah, so then I, I, I that was like right before I came back to Brooklyn. But, um, since then, when I got back to Brooklyn, there's like, there's an energy here that it is. Everybody likes trying to rebuild together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people respect the mask thing more or less. Yeah. Uh, and so even comedy starting to crawl back, we've got some outdoor shows going. I've got a show that I do every Friday in Bushwick and, uh, and it's cool because it's like everybody, all the comics are rusty. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're getting on shows with these people that you've been watching for a fucking decade, right? Like from Netflix and Comedy Central and all this shit. And you're watching like, you're just seeing that everybody kind of uh, is starting from ground zero or ground one, ground zero, yeah. square one. It's in the square ground. And... Uh, but at the same time, it's just kind of cool to see what everybody's take is on what's going on, how everybody's doing, and, and getting different snapshots of where people were mentally throughout all this stuff. Um, but yeah, so the long and short of it was initially, initially Brooklyn was like, it was rough. It was a straight war zone. Um, <laughs> and now it's, now it's cool. I, I, I really enjoy being here. Um, we'll see what the winter looks like. Uh, you know, it looks like cases are pretty stable. So hopefully when winter comes, it won't put us all back into isolation plus not being able to go out. It's out outside at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, man, we're just rolling with the punches. We're going to, we're going to see. Yeah. I'm, um, have you, have you done, I've done a couple of outside, like the sh- I feel you on the um the the um like everybody. I've, I've been saying this for a while now because we're recording on September 11th. I won't say the GZ, but everybody's basically at the same level at this point. Everybody, <laughs> everybody's at the same way. Everybody's at the same level. Like everybody's like sure. everybody's at the starting. Like you know, there, there might have been other people running different races, 
<laughs> right, yeah. right, of course. But 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 we're all but right now we're all back at the starting line, at the finish at the starting line. <laughs> For sure. For and, sure. And I dig it. And, and I feel like it's a lot less pressure. Like the audiences are more forgiving. They're you know, they just like they're just happy to be out of the house. Yeah. So like you're literally just like, here's a thought I had and people are like, Okay, come on, <laughs> let's hear it. Let's hear it. Give it to us. You know what? You can explain like they even giving you little notes depending upon who you Yeah, are. yeah right. <laughs> now, you know okay, what? that was a weak punchline. It was a weak <laughs> punchline, but I like the idea. Keep it going. <laughs> I, could see, I could see how that could be funny. <laughs> yeah, right. That has legs, maybe. <laughs> But um, but, um yeah. I, I've done a couple of outside shows. Like the first, I did the um, Arlington Draft House a couple of weeks ago, mm. and um, a lot of social distancing. Like you know, there's like limitations on the capacity, whatever. But um, that was like the first show I had to open up for like a major, like like a headliner, whatever, mm. out, out of towner. And when I tell you, I didn't get, I didn't really get in, get into any kind of comedy stride. It's a, it's a four, it's a weekend show. It's a weekend, so. It was like two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Sure. I didn't get my legs until Saturday, second show. <laughs> really? <laughs> so yeah. Was, and how long were your set? Uh, I had to do 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes because yeah. it was the host and feature. But uh, what's crazy is, and maybe you can uh, expound upon this, I didn't realize what I did. You know how people say there's different comedy muscles? Like, sure. you know, it's like a muscle for, for, for hosting, it's a muscle for featuring, it's a muscle for hairline. I didn't realize... Like I, I've said it to people, I didn't realize it was an actual thing until you get thrusted in there and you're like, oh shoot, how you could, how do you do crowd work again? How was that thing where you, yeah, <laughs> where shit ain't going right? I need the bell, I need the bell. How, how do you, like, so have you done any shows and, and and experienced any of that? Yeah, man. Well, first off, I like weird. Like when I watch somebody do crowd work, mm-hmm. where I used to watch somebody do crowd. work, in admiration if they were really good you know like oh mm-hmm. damn this kid's like really killing it at crowd work now i see it as like look how brave he is <laughs> look how <laughs> wow he's really just going right in there talking to people um <laughs> i but i i've i definitely from a body language standpoint my body language is fucking shit like i i, I was kind of just like you know looking at the ground kind of kicking dirt just like, well, do you guys, what do you think about that? That was like the first like two sets that I, I hosted that I was just kind of like, okay, well, here's a thought that I've been thinking for the last five months. Like, what do you, oh, you like it? And then like after like a little while, like by the end of the set, you're just kind of like, okay, all right, maybe I can do this. But I think that um, when you're hosting, the, the, the objective is never to kill, although – you know, some of us just do that anyway. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> but but it's you know kind of more to keep the energy. And when I was first set of hosting back, I was like, I I wasn't killing right off the bat, mm-hmm. and then I immediately tried to go into like old material, but then like caught myself in the middle of the old material, and then just started going back into like conversing and it was a lot more organic and it it started to flow this show that i have tonight um is the fifth of like my own show that i've that i've hosted Mm -hmm. and most of the things that i've been doing outside of like the central park shows are just small intimate backyard shows and so it's very easy to kind of wrap your head around just like you're just talking to people you know, I still haven't done like an Arlington Draft House or Big Room or and, and I think just with backyards in general. Um, sorry, I've got my front door. But um, with backyards in general and I think just doing shit outside, like it's easier to wrap my head around. I'm just talking to people yeah. instead it, right where where that's when I'm most comfortable in comedy is when I just like, you're just talking to people, you know, instead of like, Oh fuck, this is the show. This is the, this is the, <laughs> this is the one that I need to do the best on. Um, and so I'm getting, I'm getting there and I'm lucky that, you know, New York's so fucking big that you can do a show every night. Um, I like in January I did 40 shows and now I think I'm 
averaging like two in person and one Zoom show a week, yeah. which is like way lower than at any point of me like actually doing uh, comedy. Like even when I just started, I was at least doing three shows a week. Um, but the more I the more I do, you know, just like it, always the case with stand up, the the more I do, the more I get a little bit more comfortable. You know, I'm trying to do only new material. Like, you know, I, I, it's funny, you can write so much material when you have no audience to check you. But so I have, <laughs> so, so I have like 30 minutes of material that I'm like, this is going to be great. And I've already crossed a lot of it off the list to be like, okay, no, that sucked dick. No one liked that at all. Like, like I've, I, because I, I went crazy. Like, you know, this is fucking whole, whole COVID shit. Like I just went nuts. And like, so I started writing shit about like, I would go from writing about wrestling with my own self-worth to where are squirrels pooping, you know? And I just, like, and that's kind of not like, I don't know. It's not really like my, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it's just the front desk. I'm fucking unlocking it. Stop ringing. It's like, I don't know how to turn this off forever, but I'd really like to. Um, we have this, we have a door where we have an apartment where there are eight units and whoever delivers shit will just press all the buttons. So whenever anybody gets a delivery, all of us have buttons pressed. (laughs) Uh, So just, you know, when people are coming and going, I guess that's good. Um, But yeah, I, I don't know what I was saying. Oh no, you were saying that. FedEx is working. (laughs) No, I I get you. Cause I I had this um, premise I had this premise, and uh, I can say it on the podcast because I did it like three times. So the premise is that every man, I, oh, not every man, every woman wants just a teaspoon of, they want their men to have just a tablespoon or a teaspoon of misogyny in them. Hey, right, of course. <laughs> yeah, that was the premise. That was it, right? And then, um, and then I was going into like, not like, you know, like barefoot and pregnant misogyny. Like you know, like pull my hair and spank my ass, like sexual misogyny. Not sure. <laughs> sure. It, it, it worked in Pennsylvania. It worked. It was awesome in Pennsylvania. That it didn't fly too well back when I came back to Virginia. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. I, I also I'm interested with that sort of topic matter. Like, I I found you know as we've all found that the people that are most offended by jokes are white women and very often it's because on a whole they've experienced less trauma than anybody else i I think (laughs) right like like you know so they had this shit they they had to manufacture stuff to be mad about Mm -hmm. and 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 obviously that is a huge generalization and uh, there are white women that have dealt with trauma, but not the ones that also care about beluga whales, no. you know, <laughs> right, right? Like, just like I, it, it, when your cause is something that's in another continent that is an animal, like if you care too much about koalas, then you've never had any hardship. No. And so, and so I, 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 think and my prediction and what I've kind of seen since I've been back is that since we all have now had a thing and it's a shared thing and now they have now there's some sort of barometer for like oh this is what uh hardship is like this is what it that my belief is that people are going to stop getting so easily offended by stuff right Mm -hmm. I mean the joke that you're the joke that you're saying it, the premise is fucking hilarious, and I'm sure that you do have to fine tune it to tiptoe around, like how to say it the most effective way that's going to fly under the being offended radar for some people. Yeah. But um, so in Pennsylvania, what parts did they find the funniest? The whole thing. Now, yeah. The, the, the thing. The, here's a, here's the other thing too. I don't remember what I said. I didn't record it, so I tried to mimic it again. And it didn't work because I didn't remember all of it. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Uh, and, and I think and and I don't think it's the setup. And this is, goes back to like the comedy muscle and just being borderline cocky. You know, just going out there because <laughs> when, sure. when I went to, when I went to Pennsylvania, I was closing. 
so I had plenty of time. But um, I had like 50 minutes. But when I had to do like the little 10 minutes or whatever, you know, you don't have that time to like toy around and, you know. Work. For sure. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So when I when I did it, I don't think I set and you know I don't think I set it up properly like I did in Pennsylvania. I think I would just yeah. like, women like misogyny, right? <laughs> they were like, no, no, hold on, no, hold on, no. I'm not saying all misogyny. No, I love misogyny. <laughs> That's what it is. I love misogyny. Yeah. Um, I also find that like. If I have a joke that's new, that's fresh, mm-hmm. and the first time I tell it, especially if I'm excited to tell it, it it'll it'll do very well, and then it won't do well until the twentieth time that you've told it, and and I don't know what exactly all that reason is, and I think part of it's the enthusiasm's not as much there, but like you'll say the joke and it'll work, you'll be like fuck yeah, let's keep that joke, and then you have to just tell it a bunch more times where people, especially if it's a joke that's like, you know, borders on topic matter that, that people will, it'll ruffle feathers. Um, cause yeah, like I'm trying to think of one of the, one of the jokes that I've been talking about is, um, that I've really been forced to, address my white privilege and and, and see how <laughs> it can it, how it can be like you know be a benefit to others right mm-hmm. and like that addressing your white privilege is like finding out that santa is real mm-hmm. and that he's gonna keep giving you gifts you did nothing to earn but like you keep skipping the black neighborhood yeah you know and that like and then you find out that like Santa's been sex trafficking the elves, and you're like, "What the fuck, Santa?" But you keep getting <laughs> gifts coming down your chimney, and you're just like, "I really want to say." And then there's an oil spill in the North Pole, and you're pretty sure Santa did that shit too. But you like, you want to say something, but you also want to keep your Xbox, right? Yeah. And <laughs> and I I think that that had because then like I think it can also go in this place where um, just talking about how like. Santa is the biggest like embodiment of white privilege, yeah, sure. right? That like that like he he can just go break into people's houses unannounced and just know that he won't get shot and like nothing nothing bad is gonna happen to him. And like I I I really want to make that joke really fucking hit, but it is an uncomfortable topic. It's an uncomfortable topic coming from a white person especially, and and so it's worked. Sometimes it has fallen on its fucking face more times. And, um, and I, and that's just like one of the ones that I'm working on right now that it's like the topic matter. The, the more, uh, is that me that keeps on? Oh, you know what? Are you getting that? That, okay. When I get texts, I keep on getting that. I get easily sidetracked. No, that's fine. all. That's all. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I just it, the more the more complicated the topic matter, and the more it has the potential to ruffle feathers, then the more it's to work it out. Um, but you you keep a lookout for this this Santa white privilege joke. No, I, I like Once, it. What, yeah, <laughs> thank you. I like it. I, and um, one of the benefits too, and 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 let, and, and let me know if you feel the same way too. And you might have already said this. I feel like. I'm a lot more braver because I don't care anymore. Like, we don't, sure. we, like, we, like literally 2020 has been one of the worst years in, in my almost close to 40 years of living. And <laughs> it's like, yeah. I could, I, we could just die tomorrow. And I, I don't want to die not saying that every woman wants a teaspoon of misogyny. I don't want to go out like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go out like that as an artist. And, 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 and so it's like, I, you know, it's like the ability to take, the, like, I feel like, we all have that ability now and like that ticket to take those type of risk on topics that we generally wouldn't want, we wouldn't say or do because, you know, it's like either risque or it's, 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 it's offensive or, you know, I know for me personally, like I, I was trying to like kind of stick away, try to stay away from like really controversial topics or anything that was like too thought provoking or might have split the audience because I just wanted to be the happy go lucky comic and everything. Sure. But now I'm like, I could just die to, like it's it could all end tomorrow. Like we could all be back in the house. We could this, that second wave could hit and we could all be back on lockdown tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I even like that thought to like to to cushion it anytime that somebody does get 
buttholes all tighten up. You're like, yo, we can get sent home tomorrow. And then I'm just going to be sitting in my living room thinking about I should have said this shit. So I'm going to just say it. Uh, yeah, I guess I haven't really thought of it like that. I the The place that I have that like sort of thought process is – I am too nice about letting people into like my life and spending time wasted on them. Right. Whether that, whether it's a person that just, you know, they can't, they are self-destructive. So I become, I, I become taken into the orbit or just somebody that's boring as fuck. Right. Like, yeah. and they want to hang out. Like typically I would have been nice and I would have kicked it. But now now it's like I I don't know how much more time before I got to go back in my living room and I'm not gonna spend it with your bitch ass. You were just <laughs> in there for five months. You didn't even learn a cool anecdote. You're still talking about the weather. You small talking fuck, right? Like I like why why do I have to waste my time and pretend that I care to talk to you? I'm like nah. I'm gonna just close it. Close you the fuck off. But that it. But it's I don't know. It's a similar thought process. It's like time's finite, dog. Like I'm not I'm not spending it on you. Yeah, it's like why? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like if you if you, if you look at it, I, I like I don't know why I keep saying it. like like like. Anyway, um, <laughs> we, we we it was January, right? It was January, and then it was like February, then March, and then March has just been one big from March has been one big ass blur. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so now one thousand percent. So now we're get we're in September, right? But we're not just in September. We're like we're all, we're like borderline damn near in October. So we're looking at almost six months to seven months of just 2020 just being wasted. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, I've, I've did a lot of self-improvements on myself and like my family and things of that nature. And I just, I, I don't have, the, and to your process, to your thought process, I don't have the time to deal with people who went into the quarantine one way and then came out the same way. Yo, that's so funny. I have <laughs> I have that exact premise. Yeah. Is, uh, is if you're the same person leaving quarantine as you were going back in, then you go back to your room and think about what you've done. <laughs> right? That's like my exact like thing that I started with like as one of the jokes because it's like like I see all these comics posting about like first off, if you if you're a comic collecting six hundred dollars a week plus unemployment and you're not doing something like if you, if, but like I saw so many people, so many people posting about like, I've seen all the Pornhub, I've watched all the Netflix, I've jerked off all the times. And it's like that, like I would blow my brains out. Like if that was what, like I had, and maybe that's just, <laughs> maybe it's just a, like I, I, me, like I have to be, I have to have some sort of project to latch onto or else like I'll lose my fucking mind. But I, um, I started doing yoga way more. And so I've got this company, which is now starting to take off, which is fucking crazy. We're doing, uh, we're working like do, we're doing this like nationwide project with the boys and girls club, the American cancer society. We're doing like all this fundraising shit. We're doing shows for fortune 500 companies and banks. Mm -hmm. And it's fucking weird, especially doing zoom shows. It's just fucking weird, but it is, um, I'm I'm very lucky that I was able to see a net positive personally from all this. Mm-hmm. I also understand that it was fucking ravaging for lots and lots and lots of people. But like some people anybody that was anybody that was net neutral, I don't fuck with you. Like I don't, <laughs> like I don't, you know what I mean? Like I just don't like I get like I can I get how it would be fucking horrible and also there was opportunity for it to be great and to grow and stuff like that. But like, if you just didn't do shit the whole time, like I just, I don't, I can't, I don't know. I just can't empathize. What sort of stuff have you done that's like, uh, that you would put under growth? Yeah. Are you, t- you asking me? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I got my health under control. Um, cool. I worked out more, worked out more. My home life has gotten better. I cycle. I um, I picked up reading. Um, okay. I wasn't a big reader, right? I I just <laughs> I, I was I was like there's people um, that read a lot, and they'll talk about these books, and I'm in these circles with these people talking about these books, right? 
And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a good, that sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, but like, I'm going to listen to that one for sure. Yeah, so, but, but like, I started actually buying books and like reading them and, and everything. So, you know, I lost 25 pounds going on 30. Damn, congrats. Yeah, thanks. And so, you know, like my home life has gotten better because one, one of the things, and you can attest to this too as a comic, you spend a lot of time away. You see, sure. you know, you like you lay down in your bed, but you don't get to like really enjoy your bed. You just lay down sure. in your bed. But and I say, and I say this as a joke, but it's just in, but in reality, I thought I knew my family, and I really didn't. Like I thought I knew my kids, and I really didn't. And like the six months I was with them, I realized, you know, <laughs> that I wasn't. I was not as good of a parent. I, I probably was. I'm like I wasn't as good as a, a parent then as I am now. Because yeah. I, I was able to be around them, and just saying that, then just like being able to evaluate my friends, and I, I, I've always been the type to want, want people to like me, and I will go out of my way to you know get people to like me, even if they didn't like me, <laughs> you know, sure. like I would try to fight for that, and now I'm just like ah, you know what, whatever, I'm okay with you not Yo, liking me. Yeah, that's I fuck <laughs> with that. One of my first like. I don't know, breakthrough is a cheesy word, but, but I, one was like how much shit I was doing because of how it would be perceived by other people. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I felt like I caught myself like, like dog, I had been isolated. I hadn't seen a human for like weeks and I would like, I don't know, like I, I, I would be doing like a workout and doing it incorrectly and like, my my thought would be like, oh my god, how embarrassing would that have been if someone saw you doing it with that bad form? It's like, how long do you have to not see a human before that's like <laughs> a fucking thought? Like, you know what I mean? I was just like, I was like, damn, that is so deeply ingrained, and so a uh, kind of an iteration of what you're saying. But it was it was just this kind of like breakthrough of like, okay, you got to stop doing shit because of how people are going to perceive it, and start doing the shit because it's like what you want like how are you perceiving it yeah it's, it, ah. it, it is it is like i don't the want to i'm i'm cool with with people i've i've lost and this is not shade to anybody or anything i've lost more people in 2020 whether it's like unfriended block not friends no more <laughs> or, sure. or or died like either they blocked me or i blocked them or whatever i'm not even a big blocker so if i blocked you like you earned that shit. You know what I'm saying? Sure. <laughs> I'm not that type of person. But I've lost more people. But also in the midst of me losing these people, I've also like for every one block, it seemed like I was getting a weight lifted off of me. If that makes sense. Sure. So for sure. So I'm more. I feel more freer, or or <laughs> just like more freer to be me and and, and open and. All of these, all of these adjectives that people say to describe their artistic ways of being held down <laughs> creatively, <Sure. laughs> you know, and and I mean, I walk and, and just having that feeling is like, oh, I, it's it's almost like a, like a drug. It's like, all right, well, who else don't want to like me? Block me, block me, motherfucker! Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm trying to feel free. You're out, and you're out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I guess the the in that same thought, there have been a lot of people that like, you know, like I knew I fucked with, but like didn't really have the time to like really sit down with or like you know uh or work with or anything like that like frankie for instance like Mm -hmm. frankie's frankie's been doing her shit i've been doing my shit but then just over covid we've started working on a couple projects together and so like through that we've got kind of a crew that we've been working with and there's just uh there's just different people in different circles of my life that i i hadn't really had the time to really like like fuck with and uh now that i have had that time it's kind of the same thing that you're talking about in reverse and it's just uh the closer you can keep people that you fuck with they can they can like inspire you um i don't know <laughs> he was like, and yeah, I mean, yeah. You and know. in conclusion, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, yeah. You, you, you understand what I'm you picking up what I'm putting. Down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm saying words because you already knew what I was thinking <laughs> before I even started saying the shit. You, you know where I was going. You know where, where, where I was going with this the whole time. Why would you let me keep yeah. talking? <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so so does it look like the draft house is like is open open like so they're but they're like thirty percent capacity is that? Yeah, it's um they're at is it, they can't have no more than like twenty five percent. Okay. Um, at um at a time. Um, and I mean that includes comics and bartenders and you know whomever else, whatever. So and so that's so that's Virginia, but is DC DC still pretty locked down? Yeah, DC is pretty pretty much like locked down. They like, they can't do anything. Um, mm. <laughs> they can't really do anything right now. So, um, which is which is funny because you know in DC that's like the heart of like the comedy scene of the DMV. Yeah. So you know like. There's people who put shows on, and and they put the shows on, and then like somebody's snitching and getting their show shut really? down. You know what I'm saying? Getting their show shut down. So, <laughs> so, Damn. so it's weird in that in that respects because is you know it's the the because you can see when you can see even that even though everybody's at a certain peak or a certain level that people want to get out and be entertained. Right. For sure. And there are people out there who want to entertain. But <laughs> but it's it's like a sort of effort to make sure everybody is miserable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and um and, and I get COVID is I mean, I don't get it, but I, I, I COVID is a serious thing. Like it is it's no joke, it's no BS, you know. Stay safe, put a mask on, social distance sure. and stuff like that. You know, I've done a couple of outside shows where the social distancing is amazing. I've done. Um, I bring my own fucking mic because I don't trust. I'm not gonna be just raw mouthing microphones. Yeah, of course, <laughs> it's a fucking spit stick. Yeah, so I got. I bring my own um, spit stick and my Stephen Campbell voice. <laughs> I bring my own, you know. And if there isn't one available, I don't take my mask off. So it's um, there's it's like it's more ways. I, and Chappelle showed the roadmap with his special where everybody was doing shows outside. You know, he did his show outside. Everybody's like, "Oh, we could have done that." You know, yeah. like how and that happened. I forgot when his special came out, but it had to be like July and August when people finally figured out, "Oh, we could have shows outside." And 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 they're actually been fun and a little bit more entertaining, a little bit more enjoyable to have them outside versus being in this closed confinement area that's all close and you know tight and everything. It's just another. You know, we we all figured out that formula about how to get laughs and how to put a show together and stuff like that. Um, but now it's a new formula that we all have to figure out scientifically. To yeah, um, I enjoy to, it, man. To, to get these laughs, you know, I enjoy it, and it's also like I was saying, like the audiences are very forgiving. So it's like they know that you're just trying to figure it out, and you're coming with new material, and you're rusty, and so like they're just like, come on, give it to us. When I was living in Ecuador. Uh, they, that's how they did comedy. So you would go to the park and there would be like four or five groups all circled around one individual. And that person would either be doing stand up or be doing like political commentary. Some of them to be clowns, like all up and down the park. And I just remember thinking like, wow, it's so crazy. Like one of these dudes, one of the presidents of Ecuador started by just doing stand up in the park in Quito, Ecuador. And now I walk around Central Park and there's like five fucking clusters of people at one time throughout Central Park. And they're, they're at all. The, there's a park by my place in Bed-Stuy, uh, Herbert Von King. And they have this like crazy big amphitheater where they get like 120 people still socially distanced, like at, uh, as audience members. So it's just this like, and then like, I don't know. It's just, it's just a, it's a very different vibe and it still has this like speakeasy vibe because people are like, we probably aren't allowed to do this, yeah. but, but everybody's still like, but it's still this like crazy, like community vibe that everybody's like maintaining their social distancing and like very supportive of who's on stage. Um, it's a snapshot that won't fucking fingers crossed, won't ever be repeated. And so it's just been really cool to just take it in. And, you know, there's tons of photographers that are, like, documenting all these shows and videographers and stuff like that. And it's just been so cool to um, to see everybody get together like that. Um, there's, like, a, 
in in Brooklyn in general, everything is just very, you know, the, from the selling of weed at the bodegas to <laughs> people just like selling fake purses at by the fucking train stop or whatever. Like it's 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 pretty lawless to a certain extent, and now the government's just basically given everybody a blank canvas to be as unlawful as possible. So there's like people, there's all sorts of just food vendors popped on the side of the street without having to abide by any sort of health regulation. And so like we're talking, I'm talking to this group about doing a show where we would just set up a bunch of food vendors and then they would make a semicircle and then we would just start doing a show there in the, in the grass. And it's just kind of uh, the show that I'm doing tonight that I have in this backyard it's at this like art collective. And so I just have painters painting all over the place as we're doing the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just been very cool to watch everybody just kind of rebuild. Um, but it was almost, it's almost a similar vibe that you saw in DC after Trump won that everybody was just kind of like, Oh fuck. So we got to do this on our own. Right. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> that, and, and, and because of it, you know, you saw a lot more like grassroots movements and you saw like literally gra- like, like community gardens and you saw more nonprofits popping up and more, uh, you, you know, everything from Black Lives Matter to like, to all sorts of different like human rights organizations and stuff that became much more prominent. And so, yeah, I don't know if, it, if you see it similar in Brooklyn or sorry, in uh, DC, but here it's, it you're just seeing a lot of community building at a very fast rate that you didn't see as much before. Yeah. It's, um, I see a lot of protests. I got a lot of friends that's protesting and, they sure. just, and you know, and, and I mean, they're getting it in and there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of outreach in that, in that direction of, you know, Oh, you need money for the, you know, for this, for this movement got you, you know, and stuff like that. Sure. It's, it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's a good time. It's a it's a it's a great time to be alive. It's almost like we all. It's like the world's just got one big erase, eraser, and, and and we erased all of our norms, and create new ones. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, there are just people just trying to hold us in this one particular box that they're comfortable in, and we call those people boomers. But. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, that's the polite word for them. Yeah. <laughs> I. I, I I do. There are two ways that this goes, and it's just like to your point that there's kind of this vacuum where are the people that rebuild going to be the people that have everybody's best interest and have um, I don't know, call it the collective best interest, mm-hmm. or the people that rebuild going to be the ones that really consolidate power and you know crystallize what was in place before yeah and i'm you know i'm doing my best to do fundraising for a bunch of organizations that uh that i fuck with and that i vibe with mm-hmm. um but it is this thing of like you try to keep your scope kind of narrow so that you don't get overwhelmed and try to try to fix everything right you just nobody nobody can fix everything it was kind of it was one of the things that was uh you know i was talking about that that white privilege joke Mm. um when when covid started like really taking place like you know gaining traction really really started uh doing its thing i i was only allowing myself to watch the news once a week uh only on mondays i'd give it like an hour hour and a half i'd be like wow (laughs) thoroughly thoroughly depressed for the rest of the week and i would say that's it like just fucking do whatever it is else that you're gonna do because there's no value add to your life by looking at this you know all you can do is be safe yeah and then the protests happened and george floyd happened and all all sorts of stuff uh that that proceed or uh proceeded and within the first 24 hours, I was like, okay, look, you got to maintain this. It was the only way you were keeping mental sanity. Like you got to maintain this thing where it's only once a week. And then it was just, as soon as that thought entered my head, it immediately just followed like, look how fucking privileged you are to be able to tune it out when you want to tune it out and tune it in when you want to tune it in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, 
so it is this thing that's uh especially with uh like black causes that um trying to help where I can and do some fundraising where I can, but it it's all of it is just it's so daunting and overwhelming when you try to grapple with all of it all at once yeah um and 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 that goes for that goes for lots of causes you know i raised all sorts of money for like environmental shit and stuff like that and like the environmental one is equally if not even more overwhelming because you realize how much of it's interconnected and how much we would need to change just like the the shit with like the shit with with like black lives matter and different uh, black oriented causes. What is most frustrated, uh, frustrating about that one is it just seems like such a fucking simple solution, right? It's like just treat humans like humans and shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> right, like it just seems so simple and that's what's frustrating about that one. And then the environmental one is frustrating because the more you look into it, the more you realize like, Oh fuck, we're like, there's, this is so complicated. And to explain it to, you know, Jim Bob that just wants to eat his three fucking hamburgers a day and drive his big, <laughs> drive his big ass truck. Like when you try to explain to him, like, oh, actually, cattle production is one of the biggest reasons that we have uh, carbon emissions and deforestation and all. And then your truck is responsible for this, this, and this. And so all you have to do is stop eating those burgers and give up your truck. It's like, oh, really? Because that's literally all I love. Um, <laughs> You know, it's a lot more complicated. And so they're both frustrating for their own uh, reasons. And and I don't know. It it does. It's overwhelming. But I'm just trying to chip away where I can chip away. Yeah, it's. um, It's. Let's see. What's the right word? It's weird in a way because you think about it. Every everything that happens always happens in a um in a um like there's always some pushback like even like when it comes to seat belts when it comes to like right like smoking cigarettes <laughs> it was like it was cool for a little bit and then it was like oh this causes damage to your lungs you're like well you can't tell me not to smoke cigarettes you know then it's right like, you know you can't tell me to wear a seat belt i live in this country and and i'm born american i'm free and so they're like but but same with helmets and airbags <laughs> and like yeah, it's yeah. it's always going to be a uh, uh, it's always going to be that pushback, and and I've 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 learned this, um, and this is something I've, I've like I some I've kind of like picked up and it's like you know what it's always going to be pushback right, so if it's always going to be pushback. I don't care if you don't wear a mask. I don't care. You just, you're going to die. Can you just not be around me? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like it's like okay, I know you don't want to wear your seatbelt in your car. But you're in my car. Can you at least right. just put it on in my car and or if not, just get the hell out of my car? You know, you just start putting these kind of like um, boundaries around. It's like people that's like, oh, I know you smoke. I just don't want you to smoke in my house. And if you have to smoke, if you have to smoke, can you get out of my house? So, yeah. yeah. So, so I think so I just think that it's just easier to control what you can control. As far as those things, it's like, you know, protest protest when you can, um, donate what you can, do what you can. But what you can do all the time is control what's going on, that's going on within your space. And, sure. and so it's like, oh, I don't want to wear a mask. Okay, cool. Can you not come to my house ever again in life? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what's wild is that there's so many examples of marketing the opposition as stupid that has aided in progress, right? Like even, even like one of the biggest blows to the KKK was they got like, they got a hold of their ritual and published it. Mm -hmm. Right. And they'd be like, and, and people just started mocking them. Like, Oh really? The dude's called the grand wizard. You fucking piece of shit. Like, (laughs) like, and, and like that did that like really, really hurt the KKK from a marketing standpoint. And it's same with like with cigarettes, the marketing campaign of like, you smell like shit and it's gross and you have yellow teeth and all this stuff. And people are like, okay, word. Well, I'll just keep my smoking away from you. Now I understand that it disgusts you. 
but now there now we have this weird counter marketing of this pseudoscience where you say, Hey, you inconsiderate fuck, wear your mask. And they have shit that they copied and pasted from their own websites that say, actually, you're an idiot for thinking that because this, and oh, by the way, they put it on kids so that they could traffic them and all this stuff. And you're like, Oh fuck. Like you, you (laughs) there's this other, there's this other echo chamber that I'm not privy of that you're getting marketed at from, from with this other new information that you're giving you counterpoints when it was so simple to just say, Hey, you inconsiderate asshole, stop being an inconsiderate asshole. And whether you wear that mask just to not look like an inconsiderate asshole or not, but now they just have all these counterpoints that are bullshit, but they've got the counterpoints. I don't know. It's, uh, they they got ammunition. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. Even even if that ammunition is just a bunch of blanks, they got enough ammunition. (laughs) Well, that's what's scary is they've got ammunition of the realest sort. Yeah, it's the it's the stupidest, this the lowest common denominator of us are very often the heavy, heaviest armed, and they you know there's just but could you like, I have this cousin that she she literally believes that a vote for Biden is a direct and deliberate vote for pedophilia, that she believes that anybody that is voting for Biden knows that he is uh, part of it an in-depth and that you are you are knowingly voting for pedophilia and when you have that level of intelligence person with a lot of guns like it's like if if you thought you were fighting for the lives <laughs> of a bunch of children yeah. then, then maybe you'd be I don't know some people are up in arms and they're up in arms because they're just being fed this information. I just want to create my own website that somehow just taps into that narrative and I'll just keep on giving them fake facts. That's just <laughs> like, I don't know, just that they should just get, get a bunch of puppies, get a bunch of puppies and, and open puppy farms and just, just pet a fucking dog and shut the fuck up. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Shoot, man. Hey, Real quick, tell the people how they can get in contact. To, in, yeah, tell the people. I, oh, let's do this. Take two. Take two. Well, three. I, I fucked up twice, back and back. Um, one, thank you, um, Stephen Campbell, again, for um, being on. I really appreciate you. Uh, I found, I'm glad we finally made the link. Cause, um, of course. Thank yeah. you for having me on. Yeah, it was good talking with you. Oh, yeah, man. Um, real quick, tell the people how to get in contact with you and even like your foundation, that you, your, your company that you got going on. Because I, I would like to deep dive in that in our next conversation. Um, soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Instagram at Stephen Campbell Comedy, S-T-E-P-H-E-N. And the company that I've got is called U Street Comedy, uh, U space S-T-R-E-A-T Comedy. Uh, we do a lot of fundraising for organizations all throughout the country. And we do a lot of uh, corporate shows from like Fortune 500 joints to small mom pa uh shows as well so um yeah we're out here we're putting on shows if you're in brooklyn we got a show every friday in bushwick uh, but yeah hit me up on instagram stephen campbell comedy and uh i really appreciate you again for um coming through hey we're gonna be right back don't go nowhere stephen we'll be right back right here on the open mic radio podcast That's thank you mike no appreciate you no That's the, that was the wrong thing. That was the wrong one. What's happening, everybody? It's your boy, Greg Stevens, a.k.a. Black Mayonnaise. You're listening to the Open Mic Podcast. Yeah. Yo, we back. We back. I had my man, Stephen Campbell, coming through, speaking that speech, talking that talk, walking that walk, smoking that schmunk, doing that cook. Gang banging. <laughs> oh man. Uh thank y'all again for coming through. Thank y'all for listening. And you know what time it is. It's time for me to smooth it on out now. That's the wrong one. Where we at though? Doom, 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 doom. All right. Found it. 
Thank y'all again for coming through. That's my man, Stephen Campbell. If you like this show, please go in there and subscribe. But after you subscribe, if you already subscribe, I want you to share the show. Share the show, like the show, tell people about the show, whether it's on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music. We're everywhere, man. I really appreciate y'all for um for listening in and just, you know, taking the time, taking the time. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I ain't gonna take too much more of your time, man. Um, let me tell you what I haven't done. What I haven't done in life and um, is um, I haven't really learned how to be more organized. <laughs> I haven't been or I, I haven't learned how to be more organized because apparently I can't find none of the um, the good drops. You know, I normally end with you know my homegirl charity, and um, I can't find the charity drop like anywhere. And you say, Mike, but, but Mike, right? Yeah, I know. I know. But Mike, you can, I know. I know. I could. I know. (sighs) Go ahead, Greg. What's happening, everybody? It's your boy, Greg Stevens, a.k.a. Black Mayonnaise. You're listening to the Open Mic Podcast. Yeah.